You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 205. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Aptive. Aptive is the online audio fitness app on your phone that you can use to start working out wherever you are, doing whatever pretty much workout you kind of want to do, whether you're running inside or outside on a treadmill or doing strength training, meditation, yoga, you name it. You can go check out Aptive and get a guide, a coach basically, in your earbuds telling you what to do with an awesome playlist to boot. You can pick between beginner, medium, and hard as well. So you can kind of pick the workout and the level of difficulty that you'd like, the time that you want to spend working out, et cetera. If you want to see why I personally love it so much, please give this a try. I do think that they have done an amazing job and I love using it, especially for the outdoor workouts as I travel and want to work on speed training. To get a free 30-day trial of Aptive, go over to Aptive.com. That's A-A-P-T-I-V.com. Click on the sign up button, then enter the code The Lively Show. One word. That's going to give you the full 30-day trial, which is something that's special just for Lively Show listeners. And then you can also go download the app and you're ready to get started. All right. Today I am speaking to you guys from Sydney. I am back from Cebu in the Philippines. I went to Tropical Think Tank and I came out with far more than just some business ideas and advice. As I started that conference, I kind of had this weird moment of going, how did I get here? This is, you know, why am I here? I didn't really feel like I had a lot of business questions on my mind at the time. I had honestly just signed up to go to the event, let's see, last June or July, as I was in Portugal with my friend Joanna. We were talking about it. She was sharing how great it was. And I figured, you know what? This is a great excuse to get out to the Philippines and check it out. And maybe there'll be awesome insights from the retreat experience as well. Well, that did happen. And I met some amazing people. At the same time, can say that some of the biggest aha moments didn't actually come from business advice at all, but more have to do with that voice and Joe, as you heard me talk about in the episode with Brooke Castillo recently, and my intuition. So I am still processing everything I learned on that front. I'm not yet ready to talk too much about it yet, but I will say that aspect of that conference was totally unexpected, but totally one of the most profound path correcting or path directing, I guess I should say, aspects. And I'm still figuring out how that will change the course of what comes for me in the future. Or as Abraham Hicks would say, what's down the river from here? So in this episode and a few coming up, I'm going to be speaking more casually to you guys about some subjects that I really want to share. These are not some episodes that are highly, you know, studied with tons of scientific evidence like I had been really loving in January and February. I do want to get more into those, but I also have some other subjects that have come up that aren't quite as, I guess, like mental or cerebral that I want to share as well. So this weekend, as I was getting back to Sydney and schlepping my new big suitcase around, I asked people on Instagram if they were interested in hearing about how my travel 
process and packing and that sort of thing has changed over the last few months because I've honestly seen a shift in myself and what flow looks like now compared to what it looked like in the first, I would say, nine or 10 months or so. Now that I'm in 10 and a half months, things are kind of changing for me. And I, just like I said, put it out there and said, do you wanna know? And we had 64 commenters and counting that said yes. So here is the episode. There are gonna be a few parts to it as always. I kind of like these parts, chunking it down for you. So in part one, we'll talk about what I did in the first three to six months and what I'd recommend for others traveling in that type of a time frame for a few months or so several weeks. Then I'm going to talk about part two, which is what has stayed consistent in terms of my travel philosophy and packing the whole time. Part three will be what has changed lately as of, I would say, 2017 and in the last several weeks. And then part four will be thoughts on identity and travel. Now, this aspect is very interesting, and I think it might be something worth listening to, regardless of whether you're interested in travel tips or not finding out the thoughts I have on identity that I've discovered through the travel, but really applies to much bigger subjects and pretty much everyone as well is pretty interesting. And then part five, we'll be answering what's next for me. Am I going to keep going? Am I going to stop? That's what part five is all about. So let's get started. This is now starting with part one. What did I do the first three to six months and what I recommend if you're interested in doing some extended travel that's longer than let's say a week at a time. Let's say you're gonna do two or three weeks, three months or six months. These are the thoughts I have for that time frame. Number one is that, and I'll put this in the show notes for you guys, I made two packing video blogs, vlogs for you last summer. And I would highly recommend if you're super interested in the nitty gritty of exactly what I packed, go to that vlog. There's two parts to it. There's the one part that shows my little system for why I carry three things, a carry-on, a duffel bag, and a backpack. And then I dissect it in the second video and show you everything that's inside of them so you know what you know, how much like in terms of pants, shoes, all of that sort of thing. Because I remember as I was leaving on this trip indefinitely that I spent so many hours, probably 40 to 50 hours thinking about how I was going to pack since I didn't know what my actual trip would look like. So now that I've got the vlogs out of the way, that's going to be definitely part number one to help you know exactly what to pack. But in that original duffel bag, carry on suitcase and backpack, I had a few different items that I've now since changed, and I'll explain why in a second, in part three, I think. But the first things I had were I had running and walking shoes that did the same duty. So I got a pair of running shoes that looked cute enough to walk around in jeans and you know, kind of walk the city with them as well. Now, I'll explain why I changed that later, but that was one of the things that I did to kind of consolidate the amount of stuff that I was carrying with me. And I don't have a ton more things now, but definitely that was one of the upgrades that I made later was to shift those apart. But for a small duration, running and walking shoes that you can use, you know, the same pair of shoes for the two different purposes is super helpful in terms of saving on a pair of shoes, which are super bulky and often kind of heavier than clothes when you're packing. I also didn't start out with a very big purse or tote bag. I just had a small crossbody bag and some lightweight little canvas totes that were basically stuff you could put groceries in when you're not traveling as well. I also used toiletries that were travel sized and I stayed in terms of the travel periods, I stayed two to 10 days per location and would move about rather frequently. I usually stayed even then in Airbnbs, but I definitely wasn't necessarily tied to staying in any one area or in any one Airbnb for a very long period of time. 
That was my original plan. And I do recommend that. I would recommend checking out the vlogs that I shared in the summer. So go check those out if you're interested about the packing. And I did really think very hard about this duffel bag carry-on suitcase backpack. Why did I have three items? What that did mean, by the way, is that I had to check my suitcase even though it was a carry-on because you're only allowed two items and a carry-on situation. So I would carry on the duffel bag and the backpack and the carry-on suitcase would get checked. Now, obviously I could have the entire time had a full-size suitcase, but I did not want one because I knew I would have to be carrying that suitcase up many flights of stairs. In fact, I just had to take my very big new suitcase, it's very heavy, up several flights of stairs. I think it was three or four here in Sydney recently, and it was really heavy. Being able to have a carry-on is so convenient when it turns out that you aren't you know, the strongest. Maybe if I was like Lewis Howes and I could easily, you know, pick up things like hundreds of pounds of stuff, maybe I would have not been so worried about the weight of the suitcase. But just thinking about myself having to schlep all this stuff around the world, the carry-on suitcase was definitely the way to go, at least for the first nine months of the trip. I would say I think I got to about 10 months total in that carry-on. And I'll explain why I switched out of it. But for anyone that's going for shorter periods like this, I would highly recommend the duffel bag carry-on suitcase backpack combo. That little trio worked out really well for me. Next up, part two is what has stayed consistent the whole time? So what are the aspects of travel and the packing that I have done consistently and even still continue to do even from day one? So one of these things is that I focus on one season of clothing in my wardrobe at a time. Yes, I will have a few warmer items for the seasons, even though I'm staying in the Southern Hemisphere right now, which means that it's warm temperatures here. I'll have like I think I have two pairs of pants. I have a pair of jeans and a pair of white jeans, and then I have two sweaters and a sweatshirt. So I do have some longer items, but most of my clothing is geared towards the summer months, and I'm planning on basically staying down here in the South until the North gets warm, and then I will head up there and be able to use the same clothes and continue on with the summer wardrobe. I will say it's much easier to travel in warm climates than cold climates in terms of having options, especially when you're in that carry-on suitcase it gets pretty restrictive. For my carry-on suitcase, by the way, one half of it was clothing. The other half had toiletries and a little bit of clothes. So maybe one half had clothes and the other, like maybe a third of the other side of the suitcase had clothes. My shoes lived in the duffel bag, which allowed me to not have to take up precious space with that. And since I was checking the bag, I didn't have to worry about the toiletries, which I'll get to in a second. So basically going back to it, I had one season of clothing at a time. In the transition from last summer to winter and fall, I did spend time in London, Boston, Chicago. So I wasn't always in the warm weather. And at those periods, I did pick up some new things that were winter or fall appropriate. And then I ended up having them shipped to my parents <laughs> once I was done and ready to come down here to Australia and stay in the summer weather. So there is a little mini capsule wardrobe for myself waiting in the Northern Hemisphere. And I can just have my parents send it to wherever I'm going to next and then send the clothes that I am currently using in the summer months to wherever I need them to go if I'm continuing to travel at that point forward. Next up, I also had a little bit of like interchangeability when it comes to the pajamas, comfy clothes, and workout clothes. Those are mostly interchangeable for me. Just having a pair of capri leggings and a pair of long 
full length leggings, and then long sleeve workout shirt, some tank tops, and like a simple pair of shorts. Those things can be really easy to sleep in, to use as your comfy clothes when you feel like, you know, unwinding at the end of the day and for working out. So those things have been mostly interchangeable even when I've gotten different items throughout the year. As I pick up new things and other things get holes in them and that kind of thing, I continue to have a kind of a a little mini capsule wardrobe that can work in many different situations there. And those being interchangeable has been nice. If you knew how many times I've slept in running shorts (laughs) over this trip, then you might be a little surprised. But yeah, it just saves on an extra item. Yes, I did at some point get little sleep shorts, but they ended up getting a hole in them. So those ended up getting thrown out. So now I am back to the running short or legging in the sleeping time. So yeah, those things being interchangeable is helpful. You just have to make sure that obviously you're able to launder things on a regular basis because you don't really want to sleep in your workout clothes after you've used those. So next up, I also focus on having a limited color palette. Now I'm a little bit more adventurous these days with a few new items that don't actually stick to this color palette, but it has been really freeing in a lot of ways to stick to mostly black, denim, white, and pale pink. That color combination on all of those items that I have makes it so easy to dress. And one of the things I've noticed is I have gotten, just like Caroline Rector says, unfancy about capsule wardrobes, that they make you better at dressing. Having those limitations opens your eyes to putting together combinations you otherwise might normally not think to do. You kind of get into little routines that say A plus B equals C when you have more options. And I find that as I get sick of wearing A plus B equals C, I start doing things in different ways that I wouldn't normally have thought to do, I think, had I been in a normal normal, non-traveling, and with a bigger wardrobe. So having those combinations of colors is really awesome because most things mix. And I also have found I will wear a lot more outfits that are like all black or all white, which I probably wouldn't have been thinking about in other times. But because I have those items, I can do those in that way. I just would probably in the past never have thought to do so. Next up, this is something I hope to continue with me far after the travel is over, and that is the concept of less and the best. So if you think about it, I have only so much space, and I literally, as I think about purchasing new things as I go, I have to think about the physical weight of the item. It's not so much whether something costs a lot or what the quality of the item is, it's often literally how heavy is this item and can I take it given the physical weight of the object. So as I have taken this new approach, and it's not about finances being a something I need to be super worried about, it's really about finding the less items I can bring, so then there's less to carry. But also with that, because there's not a financial constraint, it's really also about finding the best things, the things that most spark joy, the things that are most aligned. So instead of getting something because it's kind of okay, I will take my time to splurge on clothing, jewelry, and beauty products that really are the best thing. Because those are the only things I really have in my life at the moment, which is literally clothing, jewelry, and beauty products, those are the things that I will really make sure I'm investing in. And I hope to continue that pattern even after this experience has kind of evolved to whatever the next chapter may be. I love having things that I truly love and very few of them. 
It's really liberating. It feels awesome to know I can feel really comfortable spending exactly what I want or pretty much anything I want on the things that I am desiring because I don't personally have the penchant for you know $14,000 bags or anything like that. That's not really where my taste is at. So it's really awesome knowing I can pretty much get whatever I want. I just need to have very few items. And I, like I said, hope to have that continue long-term, but I'm not looking at myself as a minimalist, which I'll get into more in part four of this. Next up, when it comes to souvenirs, I don't really have any or many. It really comes down to the clothing, the shoes, the beauty products, chocolate, and jewelry. Jewelry has become this little token that I can wear interchangeably and takes up basically no space in my suitcase. So that's been the area that I splurge on in terms of souvenirs. Next up, I kind of already alluded to this, full-size toiletries. After the first few weeks or maybe maybe even the first two months of doing the travel-size toiletries, I said, screw it. You know what? I'm checking this bag anyways because I have three items. I want full-size toiletries. I remember I felt this way after spending 50 euro on shampoo and conditioner that was sulfate-free in Barcelona that was from Aveda. Now, 50 euros for Aveda shampoo and conditioner, that was far more than it would have cost in the States. But given that I was kind of left to find something in my current circumstances, and it was hard to find that really true, you know, sulfate-free shampoo and conditioner for my hair products that I have that straightening treatment, I didn't want to ruin the straightening treatment. Well, at that point, I realized it's about time that I just spent the money on the full-size toiletries. And since the checking bag thing was already happening, it made it a no-brainer. So full-size toiletries are something that I highly recommend if you're going to go for a long period of time and you're not carrying on your bag every single place you go. And then next up, the thing that I've always done from the beginning is Airbnbs. And I will definitely use the filters of Airbnb at times. Like I like to stay in places that I'm the only person in the place. So I'm not usually renting a room from someone. I'm usually the only person. After Sydney and realizing I found a beautiful place that didn't have air conditioning during the summer when it was like 100 degrees, realized that air conditioning is one of the filters I like to search for, especially in Australia where air conditioning is not a given like it is in the States. It's something that's here and there, but not in every place. And then also I like to check for laundry if I'm going to stay for longer than a week. I pretty much do laundry every single week, at least one load of items that need to be refreshed. Okay, so now part three, what's changed lately? This is where you kind of are probably curious on what's changed since this longer period. Well, one of the things you probably noticed here on the show, I talk about it here too, is that I've been staying longer stays in each city or Airbnb whenever possible. So now I'm looking for at least one to four weeks in the same place or the same city when I can. It's not always the easiest to do on Airbnb because often people have booked out different chunks of the calendar for different units. But even if I'm just staying in the same city, it feels really awesome lately. It feels nice to slow down. I actually realized as I walked back from my favorite coffee shop and the people gave me a huge hug. They totally remembered my orders because I went there so consistently for those weeks in January and February. It was so great to see them again. And then also as I walked back here, I saw the post office. I've used two or three three times in Sydney. I have a post office in Sydney. I have a hairdresser in Sydney. I just got another facial in Sydney from the same person I've had it done in the past. So like, it's so nice to have these 
people in this community that know me. It feels really good. And so longer stays in each city or Airbnb is something I really love. And also I'm finding I don't even necessarily want to keep exploring new neighborhoods in terms of staying in different areas. Yes, it's sometimes fun to do, but lately I find myself slowing down a lot in terms of the newness factor. Next up, the other thing I've really done is upgraded to the full-size suitcase. (laughs) Yes, I still use the Away suitcase. I had the carry-on and it's still in great shape and I can't wait to use it again in the future. But at the same time, I just upgraded to the full-size. There's a medium and a large and I went large. (laughs) This actually came from a day after staying about eight weeks in Sydney and moving on to Melbourne that I was not excited about the packing or the moving to the next destination. And as it got me out of alignment pretty much the whole day, at the end of the day, or I sat there on the flight thinking to myself, okay, if I'm out of alignment because of this packing situation, what is the greater part of me currently feeling about packing? And when I thought about that, if the greater part of me, if this whole Abraham Hicks law of attraction thing is true, what is the greater part of me already peaceful about? How is it already peaceful even though I'm not currently peaceful about packing? And I realized to keep up with the greater part of me, which would be peaceful about continuing to travel since I wasn't feeling like it was time to stop traveling by any means, it just felt like the greater part of me was ready for a bigger suitcase to not have to pack everything into such a tiny space. Because as I picked up new things along the way, which has totally happened by the way, I've got an entirely different wardrobe for the most part than what I started out with originally. Well, with that in mind, I actually have to often give things away as I go. So friends all over the world that I've met have bags of my stuff as I go. Well, it's finally got to the point where I'm not ready to let go of everything that I've got and I'm sick of just having two pairs of pants and that kind of thing. So I just decided getting a bigger suitcase will allow me to not always have to get rid of things or pass things on when something new comes into my life. So having a bigger suitcase gives me slightly more options and makes the packing situation way easier. I don't necessarily have too much more stuff than I had before, but I consolidated the duffel bag and the carry-on suitcase into one large suitcase, which is way more room, even though that sounds kind of counterintuitive. There's more room in the big suitcase than there was in either of those two items put together. So it's kind of nice that that is easier for me to do. I definitely like packing much more and everything's really organized. But at the same time, when I do lug it around, man, is it heavy to lift. So yes, it is more bulky and inconvenient, but as I travel less frequently and less far, I'm not having to move it around quite as much as I would have you know, last summer. Am I glad I had a carry-on suitcase last summer? 100%. I would not have started out with a large suitcase from the beginning just because that's how I feel now. That's not what I would be saying. I'm saying I love the first season of this with the light and lean wardrobe and all of those sorts of things, but now it's a new season, it's a new period of my life and travels, and this is the right fit for me now. In addition, I've also started to do some other little things that I wouldn't have had in the beginning, like I bought a speaker that is a travel speaker by Bang & Olfelsen. It's a little silver guy and it has this really pretty little leather kind of rope thing coming out of it. And it's so awesome because it connects to your phone so I can listen to podcasts or to music in my spaces and feel like I have my own little sound system. It makes a big difference as much as I would not have started out with it. I'm really grateful I have it now. And especially if I want to, for example, listen to music or a podcast as I'm showering, I can actually hear it where the speaker on my phone alone wasn't doing the trick before. 
I also now buy candles and flowers for the Airbnbs that I stay in for longer than a week. So if they're gonna be there for that length of time or more, I will splurge on a candle in that city and flowers. Of course, I'm then kind of furiously burning the candle at all times so that I can get my most use out of it. But you'd be surprised if you stay for a few weeks, you can really go through a candle that you enjoy within that period of time if you kind of have it lit a lot of the time that you're in the Airbnb. I also, as I said in the beginning, I've upgraded to having real running shoes and really cute sneakers. Instead of trying to make them do the same job, but like look good enough to be the walking sneaker, but also be functional enough to run in, That pair of shoes I had was fine, but I am so grateful now to have proper running shoes and proper cute sneakers. So that's been something I've upgraded and it's easier to do because I have the bigger suitcase. As I mentioned too, I'm not constantly giving away items. I'm now saving the items I actually want to keep. And this is so silly. And most people, you know, are gonna be like, this is not a big deal, but I actually have a bottle of nail polish now. Now, normally I get my nails done as I go because I don't want to carry nail polish remover with me. So I just get it as I go. And I think about the people that I'm benefiting by getting my nails done in the salons that I go to. So I'm like thinking about how I am paying this forward and I'm, you know, helping people have jobs. And I normally would love to do my nails back in Ann Arbor, Michigan on my own. But now I just look at it as a way to meet new people as I travel and give people more employment, I guess. But I did splurge on a nail polish color because I really love it. It's kind of this pinky purple in between color that's really difficult to find. And they have nailed it here in Australia at the nail lab here in Sydney. So I bought a bottle of nail polish. So now when I'm going to different salons around the world, if I don't like the nail polish selection that they have, I have my own color to bring. I know that's so simple, but to me, that's so luxurious after traveling for so long without anything like that. I also have a little makeup brush holder and jewelry tray. So when I now kind of come to these Airbnbs, I kind of set up my home in kind of consistent ways. So I used to use a cup or a mug that I could find in the Airbnb I was traveling to. And I would just put my brushes in them because I got sick of always pulling my brushes out of the makeup cosmetic case. Now that I have my own little brush holder, which I got from my friend here in Sydney, she gave me an old candle container that she was no longer using. I use that as my makeup brush holder and it's really lightweight. It's a little brass guy that is simple to travel with. And the top of the lid of that candle, it's one of those Tom Dixon ones that has a little marble lid and a brass canister. Well, the marble lid is now my little jewelry tray. So I can put my jewelry on it when I'm done with it at the end of the day. These are little things and touches that I used to have in my own home in the past. And I'm now kind of creating these homes here as I go. And these little touches are consistent to my home, no matter what the space I'm actually staying in looks like, or no matter where it is. In addition, as I go to these new places, I get groceries, which include teas that I love and favorite chocolates. I love collecting different amazing local chocolates as I go. And I kind of get a lot of times the same groceries when I go grocery shopping. So I always get tortilla chips and avocados because those are so easy to eat. Mangoes are a very popular one. And a lot of bars like paleo bars or anything that I can eat easily on the go when I'm traveling, especially in like airports where gluten, vegan, dairy-free, all that stuff is sometimes 
difficult to find having those bars from wherever I'm at. Generally, I've gone, spent a lot of time in like, you know, the UK, the US and Sydney. So there are a lot of options in those areas. So I'll pick up whatever's available to me there and then sparkling waters and kombucha. So those are my common grocery list items. I also like to get kale and roasted chickpeas, that kind of thing. So those little groceries have become a little tradition or routine within the travel. I also have upgraded to paper notebooks. I also love paper notebooks because when I'm doing alignment, a lot of times one of the alignment producing effects comes from reading and learning about neurology, quantum mechanics, and consciousness. And one of the ways that I learn deeper than just reading something or listening to it or watching it is to actually write down what I'm learning. I think it's that muscle memory thing as I'm writing it out. So paper notebooks have become this way for me to document these ideas and concepts and retain the concepts in a deeper way. But I also haven't gotten to the point where I want to recycle them yet. So paper notebooks are something that are a little bit heavier heavier and bulkier and something I didn't have for a very long time, but now I have upgraded to purely because I'm getting so much alignment from using them. And last but not least, I bought a mug. Yes, a handmade mug here in Sydney. It's the perfect pale pink color. I love handmade pottery and ceramics. And this one was such a pretty one. And I knew I wanted to have it. First, I thought I was going to keep it with me and travel with me, and then I would have it as my mug wherever I went, but I've now decided that might not be necessary. I think I'm actually just going to send it to my friend Diana in Ann Arbor, Michigan with my carry-on suitcase and the duffel bag. I haven't shipped those back yet from Sydney. They're staying in my friend Sophie's house right now, but once I ship it back, I think I may ship the mug to Diana too in the suitcase. So that was kind of one that I just, I really felt called to buy it, and it was just awesome to support a local handmade artisan and have this beautiful object, especially since I don't have any mugs anymore. I think I saved one of them for myself when I do have my stuff back. The little amount that I do have left, I think I might have one mug, maybe not, but at least now I maybe have two mugs. So this little item is the only home item that I have purchased thus far. And like I said, I thought I was going to travel with it and I could have, but I think I don't really need it. I think I'm just going to keep it for my next home, wherever that may be. Now let's talk about part four. This is thoughts on identity and travel specifically, but of course this is far bigger than just travel. This is much more interesting, I think, for anyone that is not necessarily interested in travel, but just just what can I take from this? This is what I hope to posit for those who are maybe not focused on the travel thing at all. Travel has helped me personally reconsider who I am, the concept of who I am and what I do or what I like. So those identity factors. I've seen myself change my mind on so many things that I used to say I didn't like. A lot of it has to do with food. Like I now eat mussels, oysters, sushi, Indian food, you name it. I love all that stuff. And before I was probably not very interested in doing so, I don't think for like five, seven years, I ate mussels or oysters, maybe never. I don't even know if I ever ate mussels before, but now I love them. I've done indoor skydiving. I'm so open to new experiences. You name it, I'll probably try it at this point. I'm so open. And I love seeing myself do these things that I previously would not have done when I was feeling so tied to routine in the past. I've broke my reliance on routine in general for happiness, though I don't think there's anything wrong with getting happiness out of routine. I think there is so much that can be said also for breaking routine and just finding flow and being open, curious, and spontaneous about things. So it's been really cool to really tap into that aspect in such a deep way. And of course, I've dated people from many different countries too. So travel has helped me reconsider who I am. 
And it helps me to think of myself. Maybe the identity is I'm willing to try anything. Maybe that's my new identity that my ego has attached to. However, all of these identities are ultimately, I believe, ego-driven because what I've seen is as much as I'm willing to update all of those, there are other identities that crop up as well. Like I just said, as I hadn't expected to talk about it, yeah, I probably could say that this idea of being so open and flowy is a new identity that's come out of the travel. And there's a few that I had to be aware of in order to do this suitcase change. One was... I live out of a carry-on suitcase. If you talk to many extensive travelers, the idea of living out of a carry-on versus a full-size suitcase can definitely be kind of a badge of honor in some ways. And now I am not in that point of view at all. I'm not in that place. And there was this resistance, even though when I found out, okay, the greater part of me is happy about traveling and is not worried about packing. Well, that solution was the bigger suitcase. However, my ego, even though my ego was upset about having to pack, it didn't want to have the label of a full-size suitcase. It liked having the duffel bag, the carry-on, and the backpack. It liked being able to say, I don't have a lot of stuff. And not that I have tons more stuff than I had before, but just the identity of a carry-on while traveling felt so, I think ego-driven or ego-fulfilling, I guess. And I had to let that go and not be so attached to that in order to grow into this new phase, this new period that I'm in. I had to find flow with what feels good in this moment, even if it contradicts something that I used to think was important to me in the past. I need to do what Marie Kondo says, basically, which is just seek what sparks joy. But in that process, I had to really check that. I could have stayed longer in the carry-on suitcase just for the identity of it, even though it was no longer making me happy. And I think that a lot of people do this outside of the travel thing completely. They will say that they are someone that is a lawyer and they don't listen to their intuition calling them to something new. I think it can happen a lot in career, but I think it can happen in relationships too. There's someone that's in this relationship and they're not willing to leave it when their intuition calls them to. There's someone that ascribes to this set of beliefs, even though their intuition is calling them to explore new ideas or new concepts. So I think that there is this tiny death that comes with newness that sometimes it's the death of the identity that is a really good thing to do because when we do it, all the new potential and opportunity becomes available to us. And when we don't, we're stuck with the old modes and ways of being that may no longer be serving us joy in the present moment. So this has become the new mantra that I have. I look at this stuff and I follow my intuition, even when it may surprise me and allow it to change over time, which leads me to part five. What's next for me? Here's what I find interesting to observe about myself so far. I've seen myself slow down. I've seen myself collect a bit more baggage, literally. Is that a sign that this is heading to a stop or is this just adjusting to a new way of life in a more permanent way? I honestly have no idea. I have no idea if this is meaning that I'm gonna stop soon or if this means that I'm going to continue. I'm just finding a more sustainable or long enduring way to do it. I'm simply living each day, just like at the beginning of the trip, one day at a time. Heck, it's Monday right now as I'm recording this for you and I don't know where I'm gonna be sleeping on Thursday night yet. I have no idea where the next four or five weeks will be. I have no idea where I'll be sleeping, but I'm finding flow and following my intuition and I've been learning how to live in that uncertainty. I talked about it on Instagram recently about like surfing the waves of uncertainty. 
allowing them to take me towards the next destination instead of freaking out and trying to scramble out of alignment to find something out of fear. So will it be a place or a partner that sparks my internal knowing that it's time to change course? I don't know. Time's going to tell. Until then, I'm here in Sydney, traveling with a full-size suitcase, listening to my intuition every step of the way. I simply have to focus on what the universe is flowing to me in the present moment. And that is enough for all that is to show me all that will be. So as Shane Koizan says, don't let your luggage define your travels. Each life unravels differently. And maybe in your own travels, your luggage will change. And that's okay too. Thank you, Colleen, so much for sharing that quote. And I just wanna say to you guys, whatever you're doing right now, don't be afraid to change it. Don't be afraid to do something new. Don't be afraid to surprise yourself. And as you do that, don't let the things that you do now define you and become your next identity. Because as you flow from this new thing that you used to be scared to do, like before I was living in the house and I was scared to travel, I could see myself being scared to settle down again because what does that mean about my identity at that point in time? It doesn't mean anything. It just means that's what my circumstances look like at that point in time. The idea of this river is that we're going to have many different seasons. We're going to have many different experiences. They don't all have to look the same. They don't have to be consistent. They don't have to be routine. You could break routine and then fall back into routine. It's all wonderful when you're finding the flow in it. It's only when you resist it. It's only when you fight the fact that you don't want the new suitcase, even though the greater part of you does, that things start to feel stuck and they feel stagnant and you start to get this resistance. If you're able to catch yourself and then fall in alignment with what the intuition's guiding you towards, let go of the identity that your ego has been clinging on to and keep going to the next new thing, so many wonderful things will happen to you. I've seen it in my own life and I know this to be deeply true. So whether it's something in your relationships, your travel, or your career, please don't let yourself stay stuck because of some old outdated identity. And then as you enter that new one, please remember, you don't want to stay stuck in that new identity either. Leave it with open hands. Just kind of put your hands out, almost like you're going to kind of let a butterfly fall onto them. You don't have to strangle your identity. You don't have to define yourself by the amount of stuff you have, whether you're a minimalist or you're not a minimalist or whatever it is, whether it's a full-size suitcase or a carry-on, whether it's being a lawyer, being a doctor, being unemployed, self-employed, you name it. Whatever it is, being a mother, being a friend, being a wife, being not a wife, whatever it is, don't let it stop you from flowing into the next new thing that your intuition's calling you towards. The joy, the peace, and fulfillment you seek is there. It's just about staying up to date with where your greater part of yourself is already at and already peaceful about. Does the ego like it sometimes? No. But does that mean you can't get so much better at actually following through? 100%. I know because I've been doing this for the last seven years of my life and one step at a time, one action at a time, one moment at a time, and it all comes together. It all flows together. Your intuition has the answers you seek. I hope you have the courage to look in, really, to find what it's sharing for you next so that you can go enter that new chapter of your life. 
And there you have it, guys. Got a little long-winded there at the end, but hopefully that was a little pep talk for anyone that might have needed it. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C, as in Carry On Suitcase Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash travel changes. Before I share where I'm headed to next, I'd like to talk about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. As you guys know, if you are creative and you need bookkeeping software, I can only recommend one to you and it is FreshBooks. Please check it out if you haven't already. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives and small business owners. It's got great invoicing software. You don't even have to mark it once it's been paid. If you send it out through PayPal, you can do it in a snap. It makes your invoices look super professional for those people. It emails them directly. You can remind them by sending them another email later with the same invoice. You don't have to create an actual email. It will automate that for you. You can also do multiple payments and installments. You can track your time if you're doing billable hours as well. You name it. Go over to freshbooks.com slash lively to get a free 30-day trial. Again, that's freshbooks.com backslash lively. And now for where I'm headed to next. I'm not sure. I think I'm going to stay in Sydney for now. This is Thursday as you're listening, so hopefully I will be having a place to stay. I'm sure I will have found a place to stay for this point in time. And also today and tomorrow, which is Friday, I will be in a conference that Google's putting on called Search Inside Yourself, which is about their training around neurology and consciousness, which of course, you know, made me sign up in one hot second. So, so excited to hear and learn everything that they have to share and then ultimately see if it's something I can repurpose here on the show for you and share the insights as well. Until next Thursday, may something wonderful happen to you today. 